Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way uh, and a Merry Christmas to all of you. I uh, hope you're able to slow down a little bit, a little bit in this Christmas week and uh, just kind of take a moment to breathe and, and uh, reflect. And uh, to help us do that is uh, one of our Southridge Christmas service programmers and our spiritual practices pastor, Mandy Casper. Mandy, welcome back. Nice to hear from you. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Uh, do you want to talk the week after Christmas, how things are going in your world right now? <laughs> well, they're going a lot um, more slowly and more peacefully than they were the week before Christmas or the week, couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. So uh, so that's good. Yeah, my, my family and I are just looking forward to having a really good week where everybody has downtime together. We're going to you know, gonna puzzle and watch movies and eat food that we probably shouldn't eat and just uh, enjoy the time and the space with each other. So we're looking forward to that. Do you have uh, any Casper family traditions for those kinds of weeks that are like must-dos? <laughs> Not exactly for those weeks. Our traditions are more um, sort of like on Christmas Eve. Um, what, what we always do is like right after the service, we pile into the car and the kids get to open a surprise gift, which is, of course, always uh, pajamas, um, which is fun for the gigantic <laughs> Any adults in my uh, home now to still get the onesie pajamas and we put those on and we go driving um, through Niagara Falls to look at the lights. Uh, we stop and get a beaver tail, that kind of thing. Um, we do that Christmas day. We eat a lot of like appetizers all day long and stuff like that. So um, not, not so many the traditions for this week that follows, except that everybody gets to crash. And like I say, we just hang together, but the, the actual traditions are more on the, the days that are past us now. More pre, more pre-Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Or right as soon as the like as soon as the work and the services kind of passed and we've had those big moments together as faith community, um, we just kinda go right into family mode then, which is just, just always fun. Yeah. Oh, that's great. We do the uh the Christmas Eve fondue and uh mm -hmm. normally with the diversity and the multiplicity of services in different locations, I show up late, but uh with 4 p.m. services everywhere this year. It uh, it worked out yeah. awesome. So got to do the whole oh, family fondue together. That was yeah. great stuff. Yeah, we have to do fondue. Uh, you want to talk Year's. about... Oh, you guys have a tradition at New Year's? Well, no, I said sometimes we often do fondue at New Year's or something like that, or those little raclette, like mini stir fry pans. So I forgot about that. We should plan for that this year. Yes, that's a good one. Any, uh, I was going to say anything you want to talk about at, at work these days other than, oh, I'm off this week, so I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't make me think about those things. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we've, um, yeah, it, we've come through um, a very busy, intense season uh, for our team. It's always uh, fun to plan these things, and it is a million bazillion details uh, to try to hold together. So i um, glad to be uh, breathing on the other side of that, um, and yeah, enjoying a little bit of respite before the for the new year and new adventures are upon us. Fantastic. Well, listen, kudos to you and to the the whole Inspiration team uh, for a, a great Christmas mm -hmm. experience across all of our locations. I guess knowing what you guys had planned, 
what would you say you've liked the best about this year's Christmas service? What, 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 what did you like about the, the service this year? I mean, other than the obvious joy of like being able to be back together with so many people together and just have what felt like a really good full um, Christmas experience is just is just wonderful. But I particularly loved um, this year sort of the experiential journey of worship that we went through from like the the, the big exuberant sort of opener and then moving slower and and or not slower but like quieter and closer. I spoke a little bit slower and just building down to that powerful feeling of quiet intimacy. Um, I just loved that that move and the ending with the silent night and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I just, I love the experiential feel of that for everything that it means and says about Christmas. And uh, it was just, yeah, beautiful to, to experience together. We, every year we get people who call our office, you know, they phone reception and ask, you know, does, does, does Southridge have a candlelight Christmas Eve service? And it's like, well, typically uh, it's kind of not our speed or, you know, and no, we're not really delivering that. But this year, Jessica could could respond with, yes, yes, we actually are having a candlelight Christmas Eve service. You're going to want to be there for that. So hopefully that that cracked into some people checking us out. Yeah, I'm constantly pitching spiritual practices that involve fire, like probably to a degree that alarms my team. But I love, um, I do love the dynamic element that that brings in. So, yeah, that was awesome. That's funny. What, uh, as a service planner and programmer, like other than, like you said, the, the, just being able to be together again, what, what did you hope would most happen in people's lives in our Christmas services? I mean, in a sense, the same thing that we hope to happen every time that we gather, uh, together for worship, but, but especially at Christmas and maybe especially this Christmas, I think my deepest hope was for people to be able to experience like a palpable sense of love and closeness, both from the spirit and the presence of God, and also like just from the spirit of community and the embrace of community, like the the not aloneness, the togetherness, um, to just really have that be such a deep, rich, rich experience um, in a way that sticks with us, like that, that goes deeper than maybe we're used to uh, for the most part, in a way that sticks with us as a reminder of like, this is actually the embrace that we are held in all the time. Like this is actually the, the love and closeness that can surround us um, throughout our lives. But especially in these moments when we come together, I was just really hoping that we could be able to sense that in a, in a palpable kind of deep way. And now as legacy, what would you say you're most praying for in people like as a result of our Christmas services? Yeah, I think that we would move into um, the next year with a renewed sense of how um, like how, how true that is on, in a deep and ongoing way, like how closely we're held by God. That's so good. It's actually beyond our imagination and and that we would learn to be able to let like that love be the foundation ground for our beings, like in the launch pad from which we engage life and the world around us in the year ahead, like just a renewed sense of that as we go forward, <laughs> you know, like knowing that so much has really been knocked out of us um, over the last couple of years. And sometimes December can even be a weird season for people that um, can have highs and lows, like to be able to move forward into the new year with a renewed sense of that. I just think, man, where could we go from there? And it's kind of that, that I want to drill into a, a little bit deeper uh, knowing that the, the Christmas service was really focusing 
on the reality that through Jesus at Christmas, we can experience the closeness of God in our lives, that God attitudinally, motivationally wants to be close to us mm-hmm. all the time in personal, intimate ways. And, and that, you know, through Jesus, we can experience that. So I, I guess as we dive into that more, more deeply, this idea or this angle of, of focusing on or celebrating the incarnation of Jesus at Christmas um, was really something that you were kind of championing or ad- advocating for. I, I would ask, first of all, what was it about that message that you personally resonated so strongly with? I think because it's one of the things that at those times in my life when I have been able to really feel like I can sense and experience and trust in, like in a way that's more knowing than just like, gosh, I hope this is true, but like feel like a knowing deep in my gut that God is present, that God is close, like to feel that sense of um, of a great big God being absolutely so close and tight around you. It has just been the game changer for so many things for me. Like I think like it almost takes like whatever like wild, terrible circumstances can be going on and still centers them in like this peace and this love and this sense of like um, everything can still be okay because you're held even in the middle of storms by that kind of sense. And so it's been one of the most game changing things for me in my spiritual life, in my everything life. And I feel like at this point, um, having been through so much tumultuousness over the last couple of years, that we're desperate for that in a way, um, like a deeper way than we than we often are. Like it, it actually feels like that sense of being clo- close and held and that kind of stuff is at its lowest ever and we need it the most. And I was just like, oh man, can we just spend Christmas reminding people that you know, God's not some great big judge off in the sky, but like he's actually arms around us and everything can be okay. The more we can just remember that and allow ourselves to, to be held in that kind of thing. Yeah. It's one thing to, to know that it's even one thing to feel that, that, that God is close to me, mm-hmm. but I, I like the way you're describing it. Like when I'm living with that conscious reality and experience of my belovedness, it actually changes everything else that I'm doing and everything else that I, you know, all of the rest of reality that I process and everything else that life throws at me. And so it's, it's not just a passive, you know, for a Saturday morning to sit with a cup of tea and just enjoy God's closeness. It's actually the, the, the air God wants us to be able to breathe mm-hmm. throughout our lives in a way that I, I would agree with you. I think all of us need, uh, or could use a little bit more of that the, these days. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess when I'm thinking about your 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 vision for the Christmas service and for this experience, who was the sort of target audience person, or or who was the person that you felt like most needed to hear or would most resonate with that message this year? <laughs> I uh, I'm so torn in my answer because I. I, uh, obviously people like the more that we've lost whoever, whether it's somebody who's never heard that, you know, ever before in their life. And it's like the first kind of thing, someone who's traveled through whatever, all kinds of trauma disconnection in their life and never heard it before. Um, you know, like, obviously it's a critical message for that, but I honestly want to say like every single one of us, like every single one of us, whether we're brand new, never heard it, been around so long that we take it for granted. Like, I feel like this is such, I feel like it's one of the truest things about who God is. And yet it seems to be one of the ones that we slip out of 
the most, like believing it. And so no matter how deeply we think that we know, you know, God's love for us, it's actually deeper still. So I'm, uh, I almost don't want to give you a target audience because I want to go like every single one of us, but obviously to whatever degree we're feeling most uh, disconnected and low in our own spirits these days, uh, we need to hear that a ton, I suppose. Well, and certainly our hope was that the the Christmas service and especially the message at the Christmas service would, would create that impact. I, I guess there is a, a role that each of us can play and there, there is a, a way to respond in order to absorb some of that. So I, I guess from your experience, what's the kind of magical ingredients or what, what does it take in someone in order for that message to move from their head to their heart? I understand the incarnation. I understand that, uh, you know, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. I understand that God wants to be close to us as a result of the birth of Christ and the incarnation. How do I feel that? And how do I live day to day in that, in that knowledge? Yeah. Well, that, the phrase that you just ended with there is, is kind of my answer. It's like, it's the learning to live in it, like an experiential learning on a day-to-day kind of basis to kind of go, okay, there's this weird mystical relationship with this God of the universe, and it's supposed to be the thing I'm most creative for. It is the thing that I'm craving most in the center of my being. But until we actually learn how to engage in practices of relationship with God, like it's really just that it's like flinging yourself out, taking the leap of faith to kind of go, okay, I'm going to step into vulnerability. I'm going to try to figure out how to to navigate this and whether that's experimenting with different practices, whether it's continuing to return to the places where you have experienced um, that that thing that takes it from your head to your heart. Like anytime I have an experience that takes something from my head to my heart, I'm like, this is a pathway that I want to return to. Like this is a place that it seems that I can find that thin space um, between my spirit and God's. And so even just the determination to press into that relationship, to go, there's something real here and I may not know how to walk it yet, but I'm going to take one more step in front of me and one more step in front of me because it's only in experiencing it as a real impacting your daily life relationship that it becomes something that you trust in like deep in your gut and in your heart and not just have a cognitive like, oh, I think this might be true, but like, I'm, I know it's true because I'm walking the tight wire, like I'm actually doing it, it's happening. So we're into this down week for for some of us between Christmas and, and New Year's, and what we thought in in today's podcast is to try to to feed a little bit of that by helping people take the kind of steps that could experience what you're talking about to a greater degree. And so, I guess first things first, I'm asking you and me this as much as as for everybody else. Um, why is it so critical to actually deliberately slow down during this holiday week? Well, I think, I mean, the practice of deliberately slowing down in our lives, we live in such a massive, fast paced, like go, go, go culture constantly that unless we, I want to say, force ourselves into rhythms of rest, which feels like that's probably a very wrong sentence, but <laughs> unless we like intentionally carve out and choose to disconnect from the chaos and to disconnect from all of the the swirl of the world that will just like sweep us away wherever, you know, culture wants to take us. Unless we make intentional choices to slow that down and quiet down, like it's in the quiet spaces that we sense God's spirit, that we tune into the things that matter, that we become aware 
of um, the things that are just so much more important. But unless we intentionally do that, it's not going to happen. And so especially in the middle of a season that's supposed to be all about this, you know, mystical, amazing thing of, of Jesus, of God crossing the divide and coming into humanity. Like if we don't make space to slow down and absorb that this week, like what a miss, you know, what a loss. And so um, the same as we regular, we need regular rhythms of slowing down in life. I think this is an especially poignant season to do it in. And because there are a million, you know, distractions and pulls that will try to take us the other way in this week and actually do the opposite in our spirits of what Christmas is intended to do. Wow, that's what I was going to ask. What what makes it hard on a week like this? Not all of us are off work, so you know maybe we've got a, a a stat day or two, but you know we could be right back into the grind of pre Christmas. And so, what would your encouragement be for for that person for whom December has been disproportionately busy? Yeah, like you have to make the the priority of yourself and of care of your own spirit to kind of go like, well, what are the pieces that I'm going to set aside specifically for care of my soul? We talked about soul care earlier this year um, to kind of make those spaces in the rhythm because the details, we can be so distracted by the details, the things that seem urgent, but that aren't taking care of what's important. And we, and we find like all of our energy is, is poured into the things that are just off center instead of center. It's the Mary and Martha thing almost, right? Like we can be so caught up in carrying out the details of whatever this holiday season feels like it's supposed to be that we miss the heart of what it's actually all about. And so I think that intentional active choice to figure out even if there's just little pockets of time that you can find, like what are the spaces that you can find? What are the practices that lead you to life, that lead you closer to God and the people around you? And then like literally put it on the calendar, like you would put a work shift on the calendar, like you would put um, you know, date night on the calendar or something like that, just to make the intentional active choice to drop the swirl, to disconnect from the chaos and fix our eyes on Jesus. Whether you have little snippets of time for that or whether you have long days for that, to just find the pieces. Yeah. And for people wondering like, oh man, where am I going to find this time? Appreciate that as significant as it is to slow down and to be able to experience and hear the still small voice of God like there are other reasons to do this, if not just like physical and emotional. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I read somewhere this week that if, if you don't have a finish line, your body will determine one for you. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, you know, we can't be going at Mach 3 Christmas chaos speed forever. And so if you have the chance to book date night level or workout level, chunks of time into your week, especially in a week like this, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would certainly encourage it. And, and I guess I'd, I'd wonder whether there's any other practical tips you'd, you'd provide in order to help people, especially if we don't like have a week off, um, to, to be able to slow down this holiday week post-Christmas. Yeah, well, and this is one of those um, times when it's really valuable, depending on how well you know yourself, depending on how much time you've spent thinking about this, like, what are the practices that actually lead you to life most quickly? Like if you have like go-to practices that are like, this just really does like centers me quickly or connects me to God or lets me breathe, find peace. Like, because there are practices that are complex and difficult to engage in and they're really, really good for us. But this might be one of these weeks where you need to go like, what are your easy go-to ones? Like for me, it's like, how fast can I get to a hiking path? And then like, 
like even just 30 minutes, even just 20 minutes, even just 10 minutes sometimes with, um, you know, some kind of soul stirring music in my ears and a 10 minute walk outside, like you said, because our bodies are all connected together, um, does so much good for my heart, my soul, my body. It's like a quick go-to. So as much as you know what those quick go-tos are for yourself, like this is, this is a time to be, it's almost like, like the protein bar of spiritual health of like, what are those quick things that, that work for you? Um, it's also helpful if you let the people around you um, know those things or like engage in this together with friends and community and be like, hey, what are we going to do to, you know, um, take care of our souls this week and just have a little bit of accountability together, a little bit of encouragement together, um, even helping make space for each other for that. You know, moms can trade kids off because I know the kids are all home now <laughs> for a couple of weeks and that can be life and that can be um, not life giving to um, all the moments. So finding different different things like that where you can find it, like like you're saying, just the little pockets of time. But the better you know yourself, you'll know those go-to practices, which is good to learn. Yeah, and for for people who aren't sure what to do, if all of a sudden, hey, I've, I've slowed down, but you know, I'm just going to watch sports or binge Netflix or you know, mm. s- scroll social media. Uh, I know that one of the values in what we call practicing the presence of God involves resourcing. And, you know, as a spiritual practice pastor, I know that you've kind of prepared or organized uh, some resources for us to access in order to practice Christmas and practice this experience of the up-close incarnational presence of Jesus, particularly this week. Can you describe how and how we can access these resources to come alongside and support this in our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll tell you about the one main one that we have, but first I just want to say like, as always, our website and our YouTube channel are filled with different practice resource guides that are always just good if you're like, eh, I don't really know what to do. I feel like I need to do something. They're great places to just go and explore on some things. There are facilitated practices. There are just ideas written down. There are things, whether you're you know, a brainy, cerebral type person or you want something more um, artistic or you want, like there's all kinds of things. So those are always good places to go um, and check things out. Wander around and try to figure out, try to find out your your love language with God for, for lack of a better term. Um, but what, the, there's one resource actually that we are pointing people to this week and next week as well. It's, um, it's actually a spiritual practice app that a number of people in our community have started to use. And people keep saying to me, and my husband is one of them is like, Oh, this Lectio 365 thing is amazing. Um, and so we've actually made that our daily practice right now for these couple of weeks is just a point to, Hey, give this app a try. And it's fantastic. Cause it's, um, it's a practice for both like is about ah, seven or eight minutes in the morning and seven or eight minutes in the evening that you sort of tap into it. And it takes you through kind of a guided meditation. It's a contemplation of scripture. It's space to listen. It's space to reflect back on your life. Each evening is um, a guided prayer of examine, which we've done a number of times, which is looking back on the day and trying to figure out where did you spot God? You know, where did you feel like you were maybe missing God? Uh, where do you want to look for God in the day ahead? And it's such a, it's such a small tool, but it's that daily rhythm of returning back to the place of relationship. Like it's just, it's incredibly helpful. And so we are really encouraging people to like, give this a try for a couple of weeks, like really carving out 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening to practice that experiential closeness with God, because it's amazing how much, um, 
how much the depth of relationship comes out of how regularly you return to the relational space. Doesn't mean you're gonna have like a mountaintop experience with God every time you open your Bible or listen to a contemplation. But the more that we return to the relational space, our spirits learn. It's like muscle memory, you know? And so um, the more that you dive into those practices, the easier it does get to access the presence of God, the practice of Christmas uh, through those things. So we're really trying to, we're hoping that people will give that a shot uh, for these couple of weeks and just think it could be an amazing, it could be a game changer. A lot of people have found it a game changer for them. Yeah, for those who've never experienced this resource, uh, Lectio 365, this might be the perfect week to experiment with it, especially if you've been given the gift of a little bit of a, a slower week work-wise and responsibility-wise. I've heard people, you know, when they talk about uh, New Year's resolutions and New Year's habits, um, you know, starting before New Year's and actually building a bit of habit or a bit of momentum into New Year's goes a long way to actually carrying that as a habit into the New Year. So, if you're kind of waiting for New Year's Day to make the commitment to, oh, now I'm going to start uh, carving out some time or slowing down or, or, or trying to practice the presence of Christ, like the, the, the best time to start is actually today. So maybe you want to, in the slowness of this week, especially if you've been given that gift, uh, to give yourself that chance. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a good Space. It's good. I find it so helpful when somebody else has sort of done some of the legwork to put together, um, you know, an experience with God, a journey through prayer that that is, um, I don't know, it's just well thought through and deep spirited. And they've kind of done the hard work. And so now I come with the, you know, also hard work of bringing my real self to it. Um, but it's handy to have um, someone else kind of walk you through that. So I, I'm loving it. It's great. Yeah. If if someone was looking at the new year and, you know, kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, th th this is actually going to be the year where I experience what we talked about and celebrated at Christmas. I, this is going to be the year where I experience the closeness of God and live into and then live out of that closeness of God. How would you encourage someone to be able to grow in that direction? H how do we experience that in growing ways throughout the year? Yeah, I um, so my my knee jerk response is um, this will be a funny one, yeah, but but like I I literally leave a few Christmas decorations up all year. That's not going to be the deep meaningful spiritual thing um, that does it for you, but I do it intentionally because I think this thing that happens at Christmas, this closeness that we do seem to somehow be able to experientially tap into most often. Is this something that happens? And I want to leave visual cues around me to remind me of those experiences. So I, I sneakily keep just a couple of things up on my piano that most people don't notice, but but that call me back to it. Really? Um, so you have little Christmas yeah. sort of figurines or icons that, that actually kind of keep you in that headspace throughout the year? I do. I have a little like uh, soapstone sort of um, angel um you know, figurine. And I have um, one, it's just a, like a cone shape, almost like a Christmas tree, but it's like with berries um, around it. So it could look like a normal decoration as well, but it's, but I intentionally leave it up because I'm like, no, Christmas is every day. That's the thing I have to keep reminding myself that Christmas is every day. It's right here. It's right now. And so um, finding those ways to, yeah, have visual cues around me to the places where I know that I've met with God 
I know are going to inspire me and spur me on to keep trying to meet with God, to keep doing the things I can do to cross the distance, knowing that God has already crossed all the distance towards me. So um, as goofy as that may sound, hmm. um, now if you come to my house, you will be looking for the secret Christmas decorations. Right. Uh, that's okay. It's part of it's part of how I keep calling myself back to life. And so, and I would think like just even setting aside, if you even set aside like an hour someday to think about like what do I actually want to happen in my spiritual life in the year ahead, and what kind of things might I try to want to keep in to put in place to keep that going. Like to think of what is the daily, what's a daily something, what's a daily rhythm, whether it's going to be five minutes of prayer in the morning or whether it's going to be reading through, you know, a chapter of the Bible, like it can be very small, um, but ways that just keep leading us back. What are the daily rhythms that you're going to commit to return to? Not that you have to exercise with perfection, but that you're actually going to make an intentional goal of that to lead life. What are the weekly rhythms? Um, what are the community rhythms? that you are going to set your eyes and heart towards knowing that like the togetherness, um, us chasing God together, uh, helps all of us chase God better when we're doing it together. So I would say like, just attack it like you would any other meaningful goal in your life. Take some time to think through what, what do I want this to look like? And what are the little steps I'm going to, even if they're baby steps, what are the little steps I'm going to start trying? And in and, and, and everything, I would say, like, bring other people into it, <laughs> whether it's your life group, whether it's your friends, whether it's your roommate, whether it's your partner. Um, our, our faith is an intensely personal thing that is that only fully breathes when practiced in community, like it's both at the same time. And so I would encourage us all to think about what that looks like for us. Hmm. Mandy, in your own life and in your growing leadership of this world of spiritual practices, uh, would you have any sort of final encouragements or challenges maybe to our members or to even the church leaders who listen and, and track with us? Um, you know, maybe even a, if you did one thing this year, try this thing uh, in order to experience a greater degree of this closeness with God, both kind of within us and then to live out that closeness of God in all of its different ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lectio 365 <laughs> tends to be the, the thing that I go back to, but I would, I would think like even figuring out um, what the, what the daily practice is that you're going to return to. Even if you choose just one daily practice that you're going to commit to, that you're going to sink your heart and soul into and try to have yourself return to that space again and again and again in the highs and the lows and the seasons of that kind of thing. Just seeing what that kind of investment might do to the kind of growth that you want to have in the year ahead um, could be something that's, that's incredibly profound. Like I think God shows up in the most mundane, everyday, ordinary spaces is when we can experience the most intense closeness with the mystical, you know, majesty of God. But it has to do with just showing up to the regular daily relational space. So that's probably where I would. And again, like a go-to practice is always the prayer of examine, which is looking back to see where did I experience God in these past moments, hoping that that helps to raise our awareness for spotting God in the present moment so that we can live and breathe in that as we're walking about through our lives. 
Fantastic. Manny, thanks not, not only for helping create an experience last weekend that kind of confronts us with the incredible news of the reality of the closeness of God that we can experience and the heart of God to want to be close to us, uh, but for your role in providing these supports and helping us practice that presence of Christ uh, throughout the year. I hope that all of us uh, we'll take you up on this invitation and leverage the support and these resources that you provide. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's fun to experiment together in community in this way, so I'll never get tired of it. And thanks to all of you for uh, tracking with us again this week. We'll see you in about seven days time in the new year as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody.